Welcome. I've seen something. Plays tricks on your mind. This is no coincidence. Put on your seatbelts. You are on the fastest route. Your destination. The other side. Hello and welcome to Destination Other Side, the podcast that puts the PA in paranormal. My name's Mackie, and thanks for joining me for episode number five. We've been going strong for a couple months now, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to, sharing, and supporting the podcast. It really means a lot that people can find a common interest and enjoy learning as much as I love talking about the supernatural world. I also want to say quickly before we begin that Easter is coming up this weekend and it still might be difficult to visit family and to celebrate safely. But what you can do is listen to our other podcasts on our websites at WCHX1055.com, GoldHitsWKVA.com, and Star967.com and share those with your family so you can connect this year while still staying safe. It's a good talking point, and it just may inspire you once COVID has passed to get together with family and get out and explore Pennsylvania, to talk about rock and roll, and to laugh at the finer things in life. So if you haven't checked out all of our other podcasts, take a second after this episode and do it. You won't regret it. Now back to the matter at hand. We are returning once again to talk about our beloved Pennsylvania cryptozoids. The Easter Bunny, unfortunately, is not one of them, although, trust me, I tried to dig something up on it for a special episode, but I don't think it qualifies as a cryptid in this case. Maybe just creepy enough to make some children cry, but nevertheless, not a cryptid. Actually, in scanning around the internet, I keep finding more and more Pennsylvania-related creatures that I'd never heard of, so we're going to get to plenty of episodes out there on these things, which I'm really excited about. Now, for the ghost episodes, I've been doing double features, but today we're focusing all of our attention on one thing. Before we dive in and talk about the creature, let's take a second to acknowledge the history of the state before Europe colonized America. Pennsylvania, as it was, was a vast Native American land, and we owe a lot of our natural history to the settlements that existed long before we came here. You can't really go anywhere in Pennsylvania without seeing Native American landmarks or passing through a town specifically named after the many tribes that lived here. And we may not really understand the Native significance Pennsylvania has because, of course, we didn't see the height of its culture, but we can appreciate and respect what lingers of it around every corner. The reason for me saying this is because I found something that dates back to long before our time, long before our great-great-grandparents' time. You may have seen totems all across the state adorned at the top with these gigantic birds. Some of them are eagles, some of them are falcons, but all of them are pretty much spreading their wings to take off into the skies. It's not a foreign sight to our eyes, and this has been a long, long practice tradition. That's really no secret. What you may not know, though, is that not all of these birds are ones you may be familiar with. This is where the Thunderbird comes in. The story of this magnificent creature has been passed down through generations of natives by word of mouth and through documentation of colonizers as the years would pass, so let's start at least at the very beginning as far back as I could find. We really don't know the exact origin of the Thunderbird, but Native Americans viewed it as quite literally the spirit of thunder and guardian of the skies above. This wasn't just any old bird, this was godlike. Natives believed the Thunderbird held such power that a simple flap of its wing could create a devastating storm, leaving thunder and lightning and skyfall wherever it went. It's said that the Thunderbird could shoot beams of lightning from its eyes. It's up for speculation, but different tribes viewed the Thunderbird as either a really good or a really bad omen. 
but either way, it was widely known that you respect the Thunderbird no matter what. What's more is that this creature is not just a giant bird. It can never just be a bird. This creature has another power. It's actually said that the Thunderbird can willingly take human form whenever it pleases. How it did this was by lifting its beak back and taking it off, kind of like a mask. They also can apparently shrug their feathers and wings off, just like they were wearing blankets draped over its back. Now, why would this need to take human form? Well, there are some native tribes that do believe the Thunderbird passed on its lineage, as in it was eloping with humans when it itself was in its human form. And some actually grant their heritage to the Thunderbird, marrying into their family and breeding into their family tree. Some Thunderbirds ended up staying in their human form, and others kind of went back and forth. But I actually found a couple stories on the blog called Pennsylvania Haunts and History. Check it out if you can. So the first story goes like this. A Thunderbird took human form and married into a native family. Another tribe kind of disregarded the fact that this family had Thunderbird lineage. They took them in as slaves and they treated them pretty badly. And since the whole family had been bred with these Thunderbirds, they were all able to transform back. Their captors got their comeuppance when the Thunderbirds put their beaks back on and their feathers and they ended up attacking those people. So these are powerful, powerful creatures. There's actually another legend on the website there of the Miami and Metsugami tribes. Now, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I did look it up online and I could not find a proper pronunciation. So for the sake of this episode, if I'm saying it wrong, please do call me out on it. So this story goes, the Miami and the Metsugami tribes were longtime foes and often had battles between the two of them. It's said that one day while they were fighting, not one but two Thunderbirds showed up and ended up taking two Miami war chiefs captive. The rest of the tribe retreated as they believed those Thunderbirds were sent by the Great Spirit to protect the Metsugamis and end the feud between them forever. The problem was, when the Thunderbirds devoured their kidnapped war chiefs, they began to demand human sacrifices from the Metsugami tribe as payment for their protection. Now we know just a little bit of native history about the Thunderbirds. Of course, these stories should be taken as excerpts from the real thing, as we don't really know the true stories from native tongues about this creature as they should be told. The best we can do is to preserve these stories as much as we can and hope what we do have is accurate to the respective cultures. It's very possible that these stories have been warped or changed as time has passed, so if you have any information on these tales from the native background, I would love to hear more, and you can absolutely reach out to me by email at m-a-c-k-e-y at wkva920.com. Now, let's travel to the 1800s to a book called Amazing Indeed by Robert Lyman. This information is courtesy of our guest in a previous episode, Lou Bernard, who writes about things like this all the time. If you haven't searched for some of his blogs, I highly encourage you to do so. Make sure to listen to episode number three to hear more about what he does. So this book includes an account from a woman named Elvira Coates, who grew up hearing these stories about Thunderbirds from some native tribes in Potter County way back in the day. Also in the book, a man named Lewis Sheldon said he saw about five or six of them circling the skies at one time. More sightings from the 1800s all the way up to now have been reported, and a lot more than you would think. People have left comments on social media or on random blog posts about seeing them. I actually found a few comments. One lady said her husband saw one in his work parking lot when he was on break, and it kind of freaked him out. Another person said they've seen one a couple hundred feet away on the roadside. 
And a lot of people who are said to have had closer encounters with the Thunderbird have claimed they could be anywhere from 4 to 8 feet tall, and their wingspans can reach about 20 feet long. Some people have speculated it's descendant from a pterodactyl, but others say it looks nothing like it, just a magnificent huge black bird. It's often mistaken for turkey vultures, eagles, falcons, and other large breeds of birds, but those who have seen one claim it's absolutely impossible to compare to another bird. The scariest things people have reported are having pets and small animals being swept up by a thunderbird and taken away into the skies. Small dogs, rabbits, and even deer. Now, of course, this bird is not necessarily Pennsylvania-specific. It's actually been seen throughout the Ohio border, the Midwest, and even as far away as Alaska. But it seems that Pennsylvania has had more sightings than any other area, at least what I could find. Since the early 1800s, what we know so far is that people have spotted Thunderbirds in, and bear with me, this is a long list, in Cameron, Clinton, Tioga, Potter, McKeon, and Lycoming counties, and more specifically, Beaver Falls, Centerville, Cowdersport, Dense Run, Heiner, Jersey Shore, Little Pine Creek, Lock Haven, Murraysville, Old Bull, Renova, Shingletown, Sunderlandville, Bear Run, Kettle Creek, Allentown, and Hammersley Forks so far. So you can see that this is just not a little cryptid born by myth. This is an actual legend that a lot of people have claimed to have come in contact with. Now, the legend goes deeper than that, too. There is said to be one singular photo of a Thunderbird. There's a rumor that a group of men were able to capture and kill one and display it on the side of a barn, pinning its wings up in glorious splendor. But those who have seen the photo say it's black and white, and the men who captured it are posing directly in front of the creature as it lay stuck to the barn. Now, why can't this photo be found online during a simple Google search? It's actually lost forever. I wish I would have figured that out before I spent probably 30 minutes trying to search for it online. The last we know of it reportedly is that a man possessed the photo from his friend and his house ended up burning down with the photo inside of it. Whether or not the photo was directly related to the fire is unclear, although all context suggests that a particular Thunderbird may not have been too happy about the image of one of its fellow flock. There was another rumor of a photo being printed in a Texas newspaper, but that one really has no more details on it, as no one came forward with any more information other than, yeah, I saw it. Now, I could get into the topic of lost media because that's another one of my fortes, and frankly, something I just love researching, but that I will not dive too deep into. Now, you may not have known the Thunderbird had such a direct effect on Pennsylvania, but also is featured in modern culture as well. Everything from cars to search engines to motorcycles and even being used in the Harry Potter series, the Thunderbird has made its way through time as a powerful and magnificent creature that's respected, feared, and now is a symbol of strength and power. And the more I dig, the more I find people who have supposedly seen one and at random times in the day all around Pennsylvania and the northern United States. So if you've ever seen a Thunderbird or even just thought you've seen one, let me know. I would love to hear about it. My email again is m-a-c-k-e-y at wkva920.com. Personally, I don't think I've ever seen one in my lifetime or the 16 or 17 years I've been living in Pennsylvania. However, I have come across some pretty huge birds on the side of the road at times just at a glance. So maybe I have seen one of these things, but thankfully it was just in passing and I didn't linger around its turf. And I don't really know anyone personally who has seen one, but maybe I'll start asking around and see if any of my friends and family have spotted one. 
Nevertheless, it remains to be seen if this creature is real or not, but I'm leaning towards the possibility of it being real. You know, unlike the squonk, this thing actually has a lot of history behind it. The only other thing I could think of would maybe be a really big species of evolved turkey vultures, because those things can get pretty big and intimidating. But if you ever see a huge bird, take a picture and send it my way, because it just might be the legendary Thunderbird. That is it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening once again. It's always a great time doing these. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts online at WCHX1055.com, GoldHitsWKVA.com, and Star967.com. All of the most current and recent episodes will be up on the webpage, but you can always find more episodes on our anchor pages if you want to listen back to all of them in succession. We've got a bunch of great people talking about all kinds of topics, so you might just find something else that you like too. Till next time, goodbye and good day to everyone in every dimension.